0: Destruction, how he bought us out of the darkness into the marvelous light, how he took us from the muck and the mire, placed our feet on a rock. Yahshua. Yes, that was Yeshua, yes, how he saved us from ourselves. How he saved us when so we couldn't save ourselves, how he blessed us, God, to be made whole, but all we were were broken up and destroyed. Yeshua that's Yeshua hallelujah y'all I don't get it down in your spirit I'm not here to preach but Yeshua when you call that name, it goes all the way back. That's yes, yes. Is. That's where God was in the beginning. That's where Yahshua was in the beginning. Salvation was before we were. Salvation come on, was before come on, we were. Salvation was before we were born. All the way back to the beginning, that's where Yahshua was. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Lord come on. Your name. Y'all think about that thing. The word says, Selah. On that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say not on that. And that. That Joshua who was with him in the beginning. He was in the beginning. Right. <laughs> he was the Word. Right. And the Word was in him. Right. And the Word was him. Right. In the beginning there was a the Word. That's Joshua. Joshua. Right. So, right now, and as you're sitting here and you're thinking about how you're going to praise Him. Or maybe you're just thinking about how what the next word is gonna be, what the servant's coming up. Think on the fact that he saved you for this moment. That's right. That's right, that's right. From the beginning, he knew you would be here. That's right. And that whatever you stand in need of, the savior can provide. Think on Yahshua while you're listening today. Think on his saving grace. And it was by grace. It wasn't by our works, nor was it by our intelligence. Our money couldn't do it. Uh, there's nothing we could say that would be so beautiful. It was only because Yeshua was salvation. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, Glory yeah. to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 We bless, bless your name. Hallelujah. We bless your name. I'm just standing before you as much as I can because I remember when I needed saving. Sometimes we need to be reminded that we need saving. Sometimes once we get saved, we need to be reminded that we need saving. (laughs) Sometimes we need all of that stuff and don't remember that Joshua is saving us out of the mess we make of our own stuff. After we are born again, I ain't talking about before but I'm talking about after you got born again when you thought you made it over and then you recognized there was still some stuff, some residue, some problems some situations, some traits, some thoughts that keep you and me at the at the, at, at, at the cross where you are looking for salvation from Yahshua that's right, that's right no, look y'all, ain't, nothing, ain't no sin in it You ain't, don't, don't be prideful And you got some stuff that needs to be saved, or you saved from it? Yeah, yeah. Ah, Jesus is able, willing. Amen? Amen. I'm just here before you to welcome everybody into this place called the Worship Center. Those in the house and those out in media land, we are just coming out for praise and worship where Yeshua was brought back to our minds. Most of you call it Jesus, but uh, today we're going to stay with Yahshua because today somebody needs saving and Yahshua can do it. I welcome you into Faith Harvest Worship Center. Everybody from everywhere, doesn't matter where you're from, what you've done or who you are. Come on in. I welcome you to this morning service where God is our authority. But it's the people that's our priority. And Jesus is our Savior. Amen. I introduced to you this morning our preacher of the hour. And before I say his name, I want to say happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to Pastor Michael Stegman. Come on, y'all. Say happy birthday to him. Come on, come on, happy birthday. As he comes on up now to bring what thus saith the Lord. We're grateful that God has blessed you and saved you for the 54 years in this moment. And we welcome our pastor Stegman to bring what thus saith the Lord. In the absence of our illustrious pastor, Dr. Megan D. Williams, and our first lady, Letitia Williams, we welcome the entire world into this worship service on this morning. Come on in.
1: Amen. Glory to God. Let's give God a big hand. Praise this morning. Hallelujah. You know, I didn't at one time or another, I didn't think I'd make it past 40, the life I was living. But God, 14 years later, has brought me to be a pastor and a man of God. And I thank him for that every day. Amen. Amen. On behalf of Dr. Raymond D. Williams and First Lady Letitia Williams and also Pastor Rob, who is, uh, I believe, in Georgia this morning, we want to say hello to everyone viewing and thank you. Um, You know, I heard the song in the beginning of the the service today, and one of the choruses in there was freedom. Yes. And I said, wow, because that's what we're going to be talking about today. You know, not not freedom as a nation, but freedom to be able to worship God in the way we want.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Amen. And if it wasn't for God, our founding fathers would not have been able to bring this country together with the things that, are, that happened back then. But we have problems now. But well, we're gonna get into that because when God speaks to me, who Boy, he's perfectly blunt. He don't sugarcoat nothing. So don't be mad at the messenger because God's here today to tell you somebody out here something. And it's going to be a great time today. First of all, before I get started with the message, I have a quick video that Earl is going to throw up on the screen. And then we will get right into the word. Brother Earl, if you could uh, cue that up for me, please. Brother Earl, I think that kind of sums it up. You have seen something there? It said "under one nation under God." We're going to get into that in a little bit, but first I want you to open your Bibles. We're going to—I'm going to read a couple scriptures here. Um, first, if we can open our Bibles to Hosea. We're um, coming out of chapter two, um, verses sixteen through twenty-two. I want you to look at look, We're going to do, look at these, and then we're going to get right into the message. It says in Hosea, "And it shall be in that day," says the Lord, "that you will call me my husband, and no longer call me my master, for I will take from her mouth the names of the bottles, and they shall be remembered by their name no more." In that day I will make a covenant for them, with the beasts of the field, with the birds of the air, and with the creeping things of the ground. Bow and sword of battle I will shatter from the earth to make them lie down safely. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to be to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord and it shall come to pass in that day that I will answer says the Lord, I will answer the heavens and they shall answer the earth and the earth shall answer with grain with new wine and with oil they shall answer Jezreel. Now we're going to if you can move turn your bibles to Luke chapter 4:17 through 21 And it says, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him He began to say to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing amen amen well in these two um, verses or two scripture readings I don't know if you caught the theme but the theme is about liberty And that's why today my sermon is entitled The Spirit of Liberty. And it says in the Constitution, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And those words were contained in the beginning of the U.S. Constitution. Um, Now, folks, the Bible has much to say about liberty. It has much to say about the release from bondage and freedom. Boy, I was so great we sang that this morning. They sang that today bondage and freedom. It says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 17 it says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. My friends, Jesus' self-description of the purpose of his ministry is to bring liberty to the entire person, the community of faith, and the world through the power of his Holy Spirit. The thing that has made this American experiment great through the founders and all who have followed have not always gotten it right. Is the acknowledgement that human rights are not given by human governments, but by the creator, God. That's why I said one nation under God. And these rights include, let's talk about life first. It is the Almighty whose borrowed breath We inhale and exhale. And from our first breath unto our last. Listen, folks, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And another unanvaluable right is happiness. The innate desire for happiness is something that God has placed inside Every human life. God does want us to be happy. And that is why He placed that longing there. Folks, just as God gave us the gifts of thirst and hunger to keep us living, so He has created longing inside that nothing can truly fill but Him. The longing for happiness. Now, central to life and happiness, we have to have the pursuit of happiness is liberty. Liberty is the most important, because liberty is a word that we will see much of today, tomorrow, and the next day. And we will see it emblazoned in red, white, and blue. I was driving through Wilmington last night, uh, coming back from uh Bringing some workers home and Wilmington had some of the greatest lights last night all in red, white, and blue. I thought that was just so beautiful because sometimes in some remote cities, they don't want to put, they don't put those, those colors out there. But our city did the other, day, the other night, that was so beautiful. And, it, and also, besides the colors, Written in beautiful letters, under a portrait of a majestic bird, the eagle, the national bird, whose way of life symbolizes our highest value. Underneath it, it says, "Will be the word liberty." And flags will be flown that remind us of the words, "Give me liberty, or give me death." Now, liberty is defined as the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life, behavior, or political views. That's what, that is what liberty is. And in our country today, some of these values are not being looked into, looked after. Too many people on the streets. I mean, we are a free country, and yet we have 15% of the population in this, in Wilmington, if I have my numbers correct, are homeless. What? 15%. That's a lot. That's a lot. And our political guys say that, hey, we don't have a problem. That's not true liberty. So, with that definition being explained, without liberty, there can be no life. Without liberty, the goal of the pursuit of happiness can never be realized. We value liberty. We, as Christians, we value liberty. Men and women have fought to preserve that value of liberty. And liberty is something that America has struggled towards. And there has much that has been done. And there is always more work to do. And and the country has come a long way. And liberty is an awesome Privilege and it is a wonderful responsibility That we can easily take for granted often on a daily basis Today I heard Maury say that we Chose to get up and drive to church today Today we drove to church with no fear that we might be a victim of domestic violence We choose to get up out of bed every day. Amen. And thank God for putting our feet on the ground. And we we can choose to work where we want. And and we can choose to live where we choose to live. You see, we have the freedom of mobility.
0: Yes, thank God.
1: Family, while we are grateful for the promise of liberty, in our great nation, we know there remains all types of oppression and bondage in places where freedom reigns. It says in Second Peter, um, in chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Promise liberty while being themselves the slaves of corruption. And Paul warns that we should not use liberty as an occasion to indulge in the baser passions that we are prone to. Now, my brothers and sisters, we should not use our freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. Our freedom ought to lead us to seek to free others. Folks, it is amazing to me that at a time when such a concerted effort is underway to erase the role of God and faith in America's public life, our nation's capital, and this is where the ironic comes in, our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., is filled with Christian religious symbols that adorn its buildings and monuments. And we're trying to get rid of God and faith. I hardly ever hear the Pledge of Allegiance in school. Well, in this school we do, but in public schools you don't hear it that much. Wow. Yeah, some people, some children that don't even know what the Pledge of Allegiance is or how, what it is. Wow. Or what they said. They take church. They've taken church. Pastor Bruce, they took church out of, out of schools. For, God. Oh. for prayer. How are the the children of America going to learn about God if we don't show them? And that's why I say that in public life we don't see it, but in our nation's capital we see it on all their buildings and their monuments, and it's supposed to be as an abiding evidence of God's role in America's heritage. From the halls of Congress to the monuments to nearly every landmark, building, biblical and religious, quotations and images are inscribed, and they're preserved as an official testimony to the true place God has in our nation's birthright and history. I'm going to give you a perfect example in the Washington Monument. I went there a few years ago and uh, was 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 so amazed at it, uh, all the scriptures that were inside the monument as you walked up the stairs. If you decide to walk up the stairs, I was young then, so I probably uh, I probably was like, all right, all right then to walk. <laughs> I don't need, I didn't need an know. elevator. I probably would now though. But uh, engraved on there's an aluminum capstone, which is engraved the Latin phrase. Laos Dio, which means praise be to God. Lining the walls of the stairwell, there's there's carved tribute blocks that declare such biblical phrases as holiness to the Lord, search the scriptures, the memory of the just is blessed, and the best one is and train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is in the Washington Monument. Wow. So the great promise of the Bible, as we see today in these two scriptures, is liberty. God's people have always been characterized by the liberty that they found in leaving their old oppressive world behind to embrace the new world under the reign of Christ. You see, Jesus came to preach the good news to the poor. Now, for some people, they see the word poor as referring to those who are somehow spiritually poor. For others in our capitalist society, they have interpreted this to mean those who are on the lower end of the economic spectrum. And that's, they were, that's not what Jesus was talking about. We know that he wanted to heal the poor in spirit, the blind. The truth is that the poor in today's reading are those whose society has deemed unfit for the kingdom of God. You know, this is what amazed the disciples and some people when God was walking around doing his doing his uh, ministry. He saw a leper. Everybody stood back from the lepers; they were afraid to touch him, get near him. Jesus walked right up, hugged him, loved on him, and healed them. That was helping the spiritually poor. And Jesus walked through the Gospels. He he, he tried tearing down the barriers that have kept people outside. And the Gospel is for whosoever will. Whoever is thirsty can come and drink of water, of life freely. He came to liberate us from ethnic and religious exclusion. Jesus was tearing down the ethnic and religious barriers. What happened to our society? Jesus wanted to lower down all the ethnic and religious barriers because he wanted all of us to be together as family. But do we see that in this world today? Unfortunately, no. Systemic racism plagues our country. Domestic violence. Hate crimes. Is this what God had intended for this country? And for others in the world? No. But you know what? God already knew this was going to happen.
0: Yeah, he did.
1: And that's why now... Is most important for us to all come together as one and help others to find Christ because we don't know today or the hour when He will come back. That's right. Now, for the religious Jews of Jesus' day, no one could get to God but them. He was tearing down their social and economic barriers. And the Jews of Jesus' day, they relegated women to a lower status. Those who were poor, disabled persons, oppressed by the devil. All of them, Jesus preached the good news. He didn't exclude anybody. He had everybody there. The poor, the disabled, the oppressed by the devil. He he, got, he The de- the devils, the, the spirits that were in the devil uh, and the people that had the devil in them, they knew it was Jesus God before anybody else. They got scared. They jumped out and ran into a pig, and of course the pig wound up going into water, and they got rid of that spirit. You see, Jesus wasn't. Jesus' idea was that we were all made in the image of God. We are all brothers and sisters because we are part of his family. But we don't see that in our society. How unfortunate that we have come so far in so many ways that we've fallen backwards when it comes to civil rights and racism. Jesus also called called out their poverty. A lot of them there in those days, they thought they were rich, but they were as impoverished as the others. They all needed the Spirit of the living God. You mean the Pharisees and the Sadducees who knew all the scrolls of the Old Testament? They knew every word of them. They knew what was contained in them. And yet they didn't recognize our Lord. They were spiritually blind. I have a great I have an author that I enjoy. Uh, he wrote two novels. They were called The Trial and The Castle. And they were written by Franz Kafka. And he portrayed life in those books as a dehumanizing existence that turns people into a sea of empty faces without identity or worth. He also went on to say that the conveyor belt of life carries you on. No one knows where. One is more of an object than a living creature. So early in his ministry, Jesus, and this will sum up the story, he went to a synagogue in Nazareth. That's where he was today. And he stood up in front of the crowd. And he read from Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight." Psych- For the blind to set the oppressed free. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Christ sat down. And declared. Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He basically read from Isaiah. And told them. I'm the guy the Messiah. But they were too blind to see that, And they didn't understand. It. And this is truly one of the prophecies that came true because centuries earlier, as I just said, the prophet Isaiah had proclaimed these same exact words. It has to be God. And now Jesus announced that he was the fulfillment of that
0: promise
1: family, notice who Jesus came to rescue the poor the captive the oppressed the blind and the broken heart he came for people that were dehumanized the word I just used from that favorite author of mine, he came for people dehumanized by sin and suffering and by brokenness and sorrow Folks, he came for us. Don't we feel all those emotions at times? Haven't we experienced that at times in our life? I know I have. I was poor. As Pastor Ray says, it? broke, busted, and disgusted. I had to get disgusted to change my life around. It's not fun not being able to know where you're going to have your next meal. Or if you're going to have a roof over your head that, that night when you go to bed. No TV. No, not what's going on in the world. The aloneness. But God, or Jesus, came that day to tell everybody, I'm here. I'm here to take care of all these people. Because they're all my body, the body of Christ. And listen, friends, no matter how impersonal the world may seem, Jesus loves each of us as if we were his only child. In today's reading, Jesus showed that spirit of liberty. So I want to invite you today to embrace the spirit of liberty for you and for others. Isn't that our job as Christians? To help others? To bring them to the body of Christ? That is something we need to do. It's imperative that we do this. See, church to me is a hospital for sinners. Each and every one of us are sinners. I'll tell you what, this is the great hospital that we have that we can praise and worship, get up, jump, yeah! and sing. That's right. Yell out loud. And we go home feeling filled with the Holy Spirit. But not on one day. We should be filled with the Holy Spirit all seven It says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 it says it is freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Everybody knows what a yoke is but I'm going to tell you yoke was something they put on cattle. Back in the ancient days they would have Two cows or cattle on each side, and they have a yoke with a big hole through it, so to go through its head. And on the back, they would tie the ropes and the things that they needed to drag. They were heavy with heavy weight because the cattle were the work workhorses, and they would pull all that weight. What is Jesus saying here? He says, "Give me that yoke." I will take care of your burdens. I will take care of your problems. Don't worry. My yoke is heavy. Because you know why? Jesus can handle the weight and the pressure. My dear friends, a, a broken heart is hard to bear. Because I'm going to talk about broken heartness and when our hearts are broken, we are bound. We are not free. And we do not enjoy the liberty that God intends for us. And to have, and thus, we live less than what God has for us. I'm, I'm speaking to everyone here who knows, watch immediately. When your heart is broken... It feels like a tremendous weight in your chest. And then it it reacts to all other parts of your body, your legs, your hands, your arms. You just want to lay on the couch and say, I give up. But I'm telling you today, you don't have to give up. Give those worries and those burdens to God. And let him carry that load for you. Because broken heartness, and I know we've all had our favorite girl back in the day, Pastor Bruce, broke our heart. (laughs) I had a couple of those, broke my heart. But I got through it. How did I get through it? Because I gave it all to God. That's what we have to do. Hopefully Mrs. Wright will be coming soon. I don't know. He's got something for me. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> so, we don't enjoy the liberty that God intends for us. And everybody decides to live less instead of living more. What did God say? He said, Jesus, we, we find ourselves unhappy when this happens, don't we? And Jesus, what did he promise? He promised to give us life and life more abundantly. Why are you sitting on that laying on that couch, eating bonbons, sitting at home just wallowing in your in in your your broken heart, wallowing in your problems? God says, "Give it to me. Get up and live your life." It's too late, because when we are broken-hearted, we can find ourselves drifting toward things that do not truly satisfy. Guess what? I was drawn to drinking, and guess what? I have a wild night of party. I know about these days, Mark. Remember, wild night of party, man. The next day you had a hangover. Once you got over that hangover, guess what? Your problem's still there. And that goes with alcohol, drug, sexual addiction, gambling addictions, all addictions. We're trying to fill something in our heart that God could give you. God doesn't want you to drink that beer or that wine or whatever you drink. He doesn't want you to take that drug all your money away. He wants you to live life abundantly. Free from worries. Free from all problems. And listen folks, we got a lot of problems going on around us. In our cities, our towns, our municipalities. Uh, we, we got a lot going on. You better say so. And, and people say, how do we get through it? How do we get through it? We get through it with a smile on our face. And say, Thank you, God, for putting me here today to help make a difference. So, when we are brokenhearted, we find things that cannot satisfy. But Jesus said that He was anointed to heal the broken heart. And guess what, folks? What can repair our broken hearts? is being filled with the Spirit of God. I know Pastor Bruce going to give me heck about this, but he always tells me not to put nobody historical in my, in my um. <laughs> you know, well, we talked about that, right? <laughs> I had to today. It's for the 4th of July. I had to put somebody in here. I think everybody knows who this guy is. Uh, Dwight David Eisenhower. Not at all. He was the 34th president of the United States. He was also a five-star general uh, commanding U.S. armies in World War II, but he signed into law the Congressional Act Joint Resolution 243, which added the phrase one nation under God to the Pledge of Allegiance. And concerning this resolution, he said this, he said, in this way, We are reaffirming the transcendence of religious faith in America's heritage and future. In this way, we shall constantly strengthen those spiritual weapons, which forever will be our country's most powerful resources in peace and war. Here was a truly religious man. And he put that in the Pledge of Allegiance. And guess what? They want to take that out. There are guys in Congress right now that want to take that out. Because they say, they say everybody doesn't believe in God. I hope you believe in some sort of God, because I know the true one's right up there. If we take these things out, how are our young people going to understand what this country is? And what, and, and what God is all about. God and country. God comes first. And in military, God comes first, comes come second. But in our everyday lives, God should come first. Family second. Folks, Jesus, Jesus' word to you today, and I want all to hear this, you are delivered. You are free. Sin does not have dominion over you. You are free. You are liberated. Listen, my dear friends, Jesus is always willing to heal spiritual blindness. Mm. Sometimes our liberty is wrapped up in preaching liberty to others. Wow. In Isaiah 58, I, I didn't get the verse, but it says in Isaiah 58, it says, To set at liberty them that are bruised. A bruise is an eternal an wound. You ever notice if you, sometimes you bang your, your shin or your elbow on something, and the next day something black and purple shows up on your arm or on your leg. That's a bruise. It's internal. It's bleeding inside, but it's going to heal. But there are a lot of wounds that are... That, that not all wounds... I'm going to put it this way. Not all wounds are visible to others. And there are things that we can't get to, th- to fix. Deep things. Things that are dead on your belly. Things that you... Can't release. You know, I can I, I, I put a smile on my face every day. And that's because of Pastor Ray, because I see him smiling. Even when something's going wrong, which we don't know what's happening behind the scenes at times, he smiles all the time. That's how I get through my day. I smile. I might have problems, I might have some issues that I might have to straighten out in my own way with God but I keep a smile on my face because I know God's got me but these deep things that people don't want to release I'm telling you today, Jesus said that by the spirit of God he could search out those deep things you know I'd I gotten to know a friend of my brother's many years ago. Um, when my brother, I was still living at home uh, many years ago, and his friend was in trouble. And her name was Leslie, and she had two daughters, and they were about to be evicted from their home. And although Leslie, she believed that God could help, so far, he hadn't given her a clue as to how. And she wondered, where is God? So as she drove to the courthouse, she prayed for God's intervention. Then she heard a song on the radio. And she just happened to be driving down the street and it was proclaiming, God is here, let the broken hearted rejoice. She wondered, could this be the assurance that from God that she was wanting to hear or waiting to hear? So she went inside the courtroom and Leslie stood before the judge and he heard his decision. And he signed the legal documents and God still hadn't given her an answer. So as she was walking out to her truck, she pulled that a truck pulled up beside her, and he said, "Ma'am," said the driver, "I heard your testimony inside the courtroom, and I believe God wants me to help you." Wow! And he did. Gary helped Leslie get in contact with a woman from a local church who was able to work with the parties involved to reverse the process so that she and her girls could stay in her home. Wow. Only God could do that. You're right about it. My friends, when people ask, where is God? The answer is right here. And this is an example of one way God is at work when he works through Christians like the gentlemen who are continuing to work Jesus started healing the brokenhearted and binding up their wounds. Amen. So my prayer for you today is just this: that I pray today that you continue to help those who need us the most and let them feel happiness—the happiness that God wants them to experience. Let the spirit of liberty God provides be inside you. It says in John chapter 8, verses 31 through 32, Jesus said to those who believed in him, he said, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into our lives. My brothers and sisters, we can be bound by our bruises. And our bruises can cause us to accept oppression from others. One of the reasons we are sometimes beaten down and, and stay in relationships where we are not free is because we are bruised. Listen, folks, Jesus came to set at liberty the bruised and the oppressed. In John's vision and revelation, he saw a lamb. That had several horns and seven eyes. Remember, number seven is complete, completeness. So John, in his vision, he saw a land that had several horns and seven eyes, which represented the spirit of God, liberty. My friends, there were a lot of questions of our for our founding fathers when they adopted this thing called liberty and the American experiment. Fortunately for them, and for us, the source for these answers had already been adopted. Its principles were interwoven into the charters of the 13 original colonies. And that source is the book that you have on your chair or you're holding in your hand, the Holy Bible. It is the book that bound colonial America American society together and it holds us together then and now. There is no book more powerful than the Bible to shape the morals and values of men and nations to be right, noble, and just. It has proven itself over and over again in the formation and continuance of the greatest nation in history, the United States of America. You can say whatever you want about the badness in this country, but we are free. We are free to walk, talk, do whatever we want, dress however we want. So I'm going to close out with this. And it's about the Statue of Liberty. And it was presented to the United States by the people of France in 1886. And everybody knows it's located in the New York Harbor and stands on Liberty Island as a symbol of freedom and welcome to all visitors, immigrants, and returning Americans. But I, I want to read something. And, and you know, this is funny because when, I, read, when I, I saw who wrote this poem, It was engraved on a bronze plaque. It's mounted inside. It's the Statue of Liberty, is the renowned sonnet by Emma Lazarus. Get the last name? Lazarus? Wow. (laughs) But it says Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame with conquering limbs, astride from land to land, here at our sea washed sunset gates. Shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning and her name mother of exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor, a twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands your story pomp. Cry she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor. Your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these the homeless tempest toast to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Remember, folks, the light of liberty burns bright in you through him who created this great nation. Let us pray. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins, and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July. God bless you. God bless you. God bless America.